What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlick. And the fantasy football season is over. Wow. It's 2024. But don't touch that dial, as Craig would say. We are still previewing week 18 later this week. We're still going to recap week 18. We got a fantasy. <laughs> I barely know what a dial is, to be honest. I never heard what a dial I never learned what a dial is, never will. You but guys just push buttons these days. Just push, turn, just out push of the buttons. screen. They're not yeah, even it's just buttons. like a screen. Yeah. It's all illusion. A rotary phone. We are previewing the playoffs. We're previewing all the playoff rounds. We're previewing the Super Bowl. We're going to be recapping the playoffs, recapping the Super Bowl, covering the offseason. Cover the whole offseason. Cover free agency, covering trades, and of course, cover the NFL draft, baby. We're actually at some point going to change the name of the show to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. It's a little complicated. It's fine. But we're covering it. We're the best draft show around. So even though the fantasy football season's over, stick with us. Yeah. But for right now, we're going to live in the moment. 2024. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we have so much to recap here. We got the fantasy championships, a lot of stuff in the NFL. But I, I want to just quickly start here with the college football playoff. DK, you live in Washington. Yeah. A couple of crazy games yesterday. You can go in any direction you want here. But between you, you the- briefly went to Washington, right? The I University did, yeah. Of Washington. It's not You're technically. Do you, have to, do you have to graduate to call something your alma mater? Because I didn't graduate from there. I just I transferred I away. But. Okay, so anyway, right? my alma mater. I, my I don't think anyone's going to be like. They're checking my transcripts, you know? Well, if anyone's <laughs> like, you you can't say that. I think that's kind of yeah. messed up. Steve Jobs dropped out. Of, where did he go? Stanford? But he can still say Stanford, right? Or Reed sure. College. Well, he, he just go? got the Reed College. He, took, he audited a calligraphy class. I mean, my freshman year of college, uh, that was like the. So I can't even remember who was playing. Some picket guy at quarterback for, for UW. I went to all the games. Super fun. So anyways, it's really fun to see Washington football back. This is the best they've been since the early 90s. Growing up, like 90, 91, I believe, Napoleon Kaufman, who Heifetz has never heard of. I Napoleon can't even Kaufman? believe that. Um, yeah, so this is great for the, for the Huskies. By the way, that game, one of the most stressful endings I've ever seen in my life. Like what? They they had it in the bag. Almost there was an all-time this, collapse. Truly. Yeah, it was. they had it in the bag. The player, the running back got hurt. So they had to stop the clock. They got uh, the Texas got the ball back. They almost pushed it down the field. They took a couple shots to the end zone. That was the most stressed I've been, I think, watching football all season long. I think what's crazy about those two games, there's so much to talk about, and especially with the draft perspective. Like, I think every dad in America is going to fall in love with Michael Penix Jr. But I think what's crazy about those two games is both of those games had potentially one of the biggest collapses in recent football history. Like nothing will top the Falcons in the Super Bowl, but between Washington somehow, what, what was it? 13, 14 point lead. 13, yeah. 13, they almost blew with 240 left. And then also Michigan almost blowing that punt because what? They swap punt returners at the end of the game and he drops it, rolls in the end zone. And he somehow like just snatches it, just barely gets back to the one. It's like, if he had taken the safety, <laughs> yeah. he could have yeah. lost the ball. And it's like, 
that also would have been the worst play in the history of the University of Michigan. Back to back games, like they were, like the the one of these teams is going to win the national championship. And it's just a reminder to me that the the line between all time glory and literally like nightmare, and it kind of ma- honestly mirrors fantasy football, where it's yeah, like yeah. a lot of people probably lost in the semis and were the one seed and then crushed in the finals. And if you had made it, you would have won. And also a lot of people won their championship. You were probably like two points from losing the semis too. It's like the line is so thin between glory and just like an, ab- an eternal abomination. This is why I'm a nihilist, Tyfitz. You just have to embrace variance. You have to embrace that crazy stuff happens in the world. Uh, were you yeah, embracing that, that last point. night, sweating out yeah. Washington? It sounds like uh, my you heart. My heart was truly pounding out of my chest. Like when they ended up actually winning, the Huskies won the game. Great defensive play, by the way, in the end zone yeah, to was. swat away uh, the away, pass. Yeah. Um, I, my chest, I was like, I felt like my chest was like, it was crazy. I actually truly probably have not gotten that much anxiety all season long watching football. So I'm in love with Penix, by the way. I just think he's yeah. great. He was awesome. He was fantastic against Oregon and now versus Texas, he, like equally as as amazing. And he's going to be skyrocketing up draft boards. So yeah. the whole year, it's been Drake May at UNC and Caleb Williams at USC as the top two quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels won the Heisman at LSU. He's there. And I think I kind of wrote off Michael Penix Jr. because I loved him. And also him being a lefty, I just, I feel like uh, Lucille just Bluth looks and weird. Gene, like, like every it. time he, every time he goes left, I'm like, Gene, I'm like, he's lefty. Like it's just Craig, surprising Craig's every a time. lefty, by the way. But, That's right. Well, yeah, well, not an NFL quarterback, but <laughs> third, every third, time, string, third, third string, third string yeah, for the, yeah, for the chargers. Yeah. But every time I saw Penix, I kind of wrote him off in my head because I was like, all right, two ACL tears in his knee. He had four season-ending injuries in college. Like, that's insane. Like, four. And again, 13 Marvel movies have come out since he went to college. He started college in 2018. What Do you remember what you were doing in 2018? That's, like, so long ago. It was, like, an intern. (laughs) Maybe 24. remember it. When his NFL career starts. Here's my thing, though. I started realizing if he was 100% fully healthy and had never been injured, where would he be as a prospect? And I'm like, I guess he would be in the top 10. It's just the injuries, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. That was um, my thinking. And just like, this was even like before I started really digging into the tape, I was just like, the NFL, generally speaking, shies away from these guys who have been injured so often. It's like you get like a little cross next to your name on the draft board and player or teams are very like leery to, you know, try and invest a whole bunch of resources into a guy that's had so many injuries. It's like, you know, these are legitimate injuries, two ACLs. I think he had a couple of shoulder injuries. So these are like worrisome injuries, but I think everything else, I mean, he's got an incredible arm. He, he made some of the most impressive throws that we've seen all year from him in this game. Like he had a couple just dimes down the field. Um, the thing that I really like about him that I think is super intriguing for the NFL in particular is like his ability to avoid sacks, his ability to move around in the presence. pocket. Yeah. And I think that like that's such an important thing in the NFL because the NFL is chaotic. I mean, obviously all football is chaotic, but like the pressure is going to come like almost like a third of plays probably on average, maybe more than that. And you have to be able to avoid it. You have to be able to step up, you know, and keep yourself clean and throw the ball down the field. I think that's like one of the sort of defining traits about Penix. So I think he's yeah, a lot of people I think on Twitter were talking about he made himself a lot of money last night. And I'm going to be very, very intrigued to see if he's a first rounder now, even despite like the injuries and things like that. I think that oh, he's got he, he may have pushed himself up into the first round. Yeah, I think I mean, it only takes one team to be like, whatever, I don't care about his knee or shoulder. Like he's a good player. Pittsburgh. So, uh, that's what Jack hey, Man, I would love to see him throwing would passes in Pittsburgh. That would be so fun. All right. We're going to have more time to talk not about gonna the draft do it, and everything. But no, <laughs> they're not going to do it. They're not going to do uh, it. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting quarterback stuff. All right. So. We got to get to the fantasy championship here, though. I know we're a couple of days late because of the new year, but uh, we have to start here with we, we just kind of basically made the, the the first team all put your team on the back on their back. The all Greg Jennings put your team on the back, the heroes. And we also have a couple of zeros later, but we're going to start with a little positivity uh, just to run down this list real quick, because there's so many play like this was a, every week's like this, but a true week of haves and have nots. Lamar Jackson the Ravens, Kyron Williams for the Rams, Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, Isaiah Likely, DJ Moore, and it's like to a lesser degree, Jordan Love, Jerome Ford, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Jaden Reed, if you, George Pickens, if you had these guys, I hope you won, and if you didn't, I'm like so sorry, but I, <laughs> like, but the there were so many incredible performances, and we can tick them down, but I feel like we got to start with Lamar, who I feel like won 
MVP and then for your team, fantasy MVP in the same week. But I think the crazy part for me was the symmetry for Lamar. We talked on the Friday show that, Craig, you weren't here for this, but the Lamar, his 2019 MVP season started against the Dolphins and he threw five touchdowns for, I think, 324 yards, five touchdowns. This game ends his, going to win the MVP now, beats the Dolphins, throws five touchdowns, 321 yards. I think almost exactly the amount of completions and attempts. It was like the same performance. They also won like, instead of 59 to 10, they won like, what, 56 to 19? Except the Dolphins are like 10 times better than they won four years ago. And Lamar also feels better than he was. This was an incredible game. Did you guys feel like Harbaugh was was running up the numbers here to get Lamar the MVP, just to like lock it in, like give him five <laughs> passing touchdowns? It, it, it felt like they were making sure that Lamar was scoring every time here. And he looked incredible too. Like he made some really impressive throws. I think that it, there's a, it's full circle because Heifetz, like you talked about when that first game when he threw five touchdowns, like that season, a big part of his MVP campaign was like he was so valuable as a runner. This year, he isn't running nearly as much. I mean, he's still very valuable as a runner, but he only had 35 yards rushing in this. He was like doing a lot of stuff from the pocket. He made some incredible throws. There was a throw, I think, to Odell Beckham down the sideline where he kind of like jumped through it. There was a throw to Isaiah Likely where he stepped up in the pocket and sort of off platform threw it out to the, you know, the side of the field and, and he reeled it in. So like just a master class from Lamar Jackson. And yeah, I mean, do you guys think he locked up the MVP with this game? Oh, a million percent. I mean, the odds on FanDuel, I think he's like minus like 10,000 to win the MVP right now, which oh, is wow. kind of crazy because I got to say, look, L Lamar, I think deserves the MVP right now. I, I think like he's the best choice. I don't necessarily, I don't think I'm going to look back on the season and remember like Lamar specifically as some like dominant force because his 2019 MVP year was so much better, which is just kind of weird in my head that pretty much across every category, he was way better in 2019. But the, the choices are kind of odd this year. There's not a lot of great options. I, I do feel a little bad for Dak Prescott, I must say. Dak Prescott had one bad game, and that destroyed his MVP campaign. And I'm not exactly sure that's totally fair. Dak <laughs> leads the league in touchdowns. He's he's second in touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's fourth in yards. He's going to win the NFC East, and they're a two-seed. And he's not even in the discussion anymore because he had one bad game against Buffalo. Well, I think it's, just, it's mainly just because the Ravens are just head and shoulders, the number one team. Yeah, the, the MVP right is a dumb like, award. The MVP is a team award that we give to a player. The MVP, Craig, every single MVP since we've been alive has gone to a quarterback that was on a team that won three out of every four games since we were fucking <laughs> born. And the only exceptions are running backs that had a cool number. Of running backs, they either had 2,000 yards in a season or broke a touchdown record in a season. With the exception of that, Every quarter, like if you did not win three of the out of every four games, you don't win the award. That's it. No, and so it's I understand. Dumb. I mean, Dak is incredibly close to doing that. They're probably going to be, uh, you know, twelve and five. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, damn it. If Dak just had like 200 yards and two touchdowns against the Bills, maybe he's <laughs> yeah. the MVP right now. Right. Also, wait. While we're here, what a weekend for the Harbaugh's. I know. Right? The Harbaugh really? brothers, John Harbaugh. Like, and also they met in the Super Bowl like a decade ago. And I know, every 10 later, years, they do something good. That's kind of their yeah. thing. <laughs> the, you know what's they so coordinate. funny? Did Jim Harbaugh, obviously Jim Harbaugh's had a wild season. And if anything, we haven't talked about it enough. But like he's been suspended for two different things. And like I, Michigan's, I don't know, borderline becoming like a weird cult around Jim Harbaugh. It's just a whole weird thing. But there was a pregame interview with him before the, uh, the playoff game. And he was talking about his dad and he was talking about how much he loved the Rose. But I was like, my dad was a coach. And Jim Harbaugh was talking about how we wanted to go on vacation. We're like, dad, dad, can we go on vacation? He was like, no. And they're like, please. He's like, fine. And he would drive them to the middle of their town and just drive them around a fountain and be like, there's your vacation. And like the only vacation they actually ever got would be if they got to make the Rose Bowl. Like if they got to go, like that was it. But it was about how their dad's whole life revolved around coaching and he could never like love his sons. And now his sons are coaches. So congrats to Jack Harbaugh on uh, making your sons feel like if they don't be successful coaches, they'll never earn your love. Great job. You did it. <laughs> A really healthy tale of uh, family uh, and parenthood. Yeah, so congrats to John and Jim Harbaugh on earning your father's love. You did it. Jim Harbaugh, kind of a weird guy. Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> Super I just weird. was watching this and I was like, wow, what, what a weird species we are. This I is mean, so I was, So I was deep in the Seahawks 49ers rivalry back in those days. I was covering the Seahawks for field goals back then. And my God, Harbaugh is the biggest weirdo on earth, like truly. So... I'm glad, uh, happy for his success. You guys remember that thing weirdest about the, dude of life, the chicken stuff, right? The, <laughs> the nervous, nervous bird. bird. Yeah, he's such a weird. I will say though, 
Harbaugh was the first person I ever heard publicly admit that he wears the same clothes every day because he gets decision fatigue. Yeah, they used to have a whole ad campaign around I, like you know his, what? his wife giving isn't him that like, like the a same CEO pair of pants. billionaire thing. Haven't people hasn't like why Steve Jobs did the same thing? Isn't, yeah, but I like that it though. Thing? That yeah, I just I'm just saying like you know what he got so much flack for it. I get it. Two Steve Jobs references in the first 15 minutes. Who would have thought? Wow, incredible. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right. So Lamar was incredible. There's so many people we got to point out here, but DK, and I feel We like- should say Lamar had his best performance of the season. All these guys, hi, it's all those Five guys touchdowns. just named. Yeah. All those guys had either the best or second best game of their season. Heroes. Uh, the other, Kyron Williams for the Rams, DK, the Rams beat the Giants. Perfect game from the Giants, by the way, because they played and showed they can compete with the Rams and then lost uh, on a missed field goal. Perfect for everyone involved. The Rams sent us <laughs> their kicker. Right. Uh, Mason Crosby and he missed a kick at the end. It's just perfect for everyone all around uh, in real life and fantasy Giants Rams. Great. But Kyron Williams, sometimes things work out. Um, we did an MVP fantasy MVP show a couple weeks ago. I feel like Kyron Williams is actually the MVP of the entire fantasy season. Um, the RV one this week, obviously it's championship weekend. That's very helpful for your team. And honestly, he's like done it the whole season long. And, and it's nice because I believe he went on the IR. There was never any chance you're going to start him for like the games where he didn't show up. He still finished fourth in the NFL in in fantasy in total points this year, despite missing four games. Like, dude, he was so automatic. He's second in the league in rushing total. Yeah. He's only missing four four games. games. He's second in rushing Uh, yards. This is like Todd Gurley all over again. This is like a rebranded version of Todd Gurley. I mean, I think people aren't as high on him because, um, or maybe just like the reputation isn't there because he was not a first rounder like Todd Gurley. He's not like this big time, you know, college football star, blah, blah, blah. But, the dude has just absolutely produced ludicrous numbers this year. He went out uh, 87 yards, three touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I'm very curious where he's, where is he going to get drafted next year? If Bijan Robinson was doing this exact same thing on the Rams, we'd all be freaking out. Oh yeah, for sure. But he's like a, he's like a sub 200 pound, like fourth or fifth round pick or whatever. So like people are very dubious. I think that this is going to be a real thing, but man, he was like the big, one of the biggest fantasy superstars of the season. He went out on top. The other guy, uh, Puka Nakua for the Rams, also just had another, like the two of them combined. I know Kyron's not a rookie. He feels like a rookie, but Puka Nakua is also incredible in this game and also have to have to shout out Puka because Puka Nakua is 29 yards shy of the rookie receiving yards record, which is a little confusing because we used to give that to Jefferson and Jamar Chase, but now we've expanded NFL history beyond the merger in 1970. So now the rookie receiving yards record is held by Bill Groman, Sure. Um, old Bill. Old Bill, old Bill Groman, Brasky. Who yeah. I got to double check here. I think Bill Groman was on Bill the Houston Brasky. Oilers in 1960, <laughs> which no shade to Bill, kind of a fake award because I think that was the AFL in 1960, but he had 1,400 yards. Bill Groman went to Heidelberg College. I will like give in you- Germany? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Groman went to Heidelberg States? College. I'll okay. give you a trillion dollars if you can tell me the mascot of Heidelberg College. A trillion. Um... The yellow bellies. <laughs> I'm looking at it. It's it's the student princes. And I'm, I'm going to text you it. It oh is exactly God. what it looks like. I'm going to text you this guy right now. The mascot to this, it is literally a knight holding a shield. It's And it's just like the student princes. is the. It's, I've never seen anything like this <laughs> in my life. Student it's an orange princes. knight. It's the, the Heidelberg student princes. And so shout out to Bill oh Groman. Oh, my God. Because well, once Puka Nakua sets this record next week, we will never talk or think about you ever again with love. Uh, so shout out to Heidelberg College and Bill Groman and the Student Princes. Um, 
Heidelberg College is in Ohio. All the colleges are in Ohio. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That is correct. Massachusetts yeah. and Ohio have all the colleges. <laughs> uh, other other players got a shout out, dude. Isaiah Pacheco, who again, as Craig said, had one of the biggest games he had all year, and also it's tough because we weren't sure he was going to play. So it went from he was concussed, and we weren't sure he was going to play to Pacheco coming in having 130 yards plus 35 yards receiving and a touchdown. And then Jordan Lewis, the Cowboys cornerback, just has been tweeting a lot, and he, he tweeted. Pacheco runs like he bites people. <laughs> Dude, I feel like this is another example of people sort of overlooking how good Pacheco is because where he was drafted. But also, like, I just don't, I, I truly feel in my heart, like, I'll never actually believe he's good because of the way he runs. Like, it, there's like, Hyvitz, uh, you have right here, like a kid in a shoe store trying out new shoes. Like, he, he, his running style is just so bizarre. I don't think I'll ever believe that he's good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, when he's running, it's, it's like the noise he makes is like, like, just, it, I just, I can't handle the way he runs. It's he's too like weird. a try hard running back, but it works. <laughs> emails are in your fantasy but it's also football. Fast. Yeah. yeah, emails are in your fantasy football gmail.com if you have more memes of the He just tries stuff. so hard. My other favorite ones that he runs like Scoop. We do. <laughs> somebody tweeted. Somebody tweeted that he runs like uh, Jim Carrey. You remember in Dumb and Dumber at the very end when he runs trying to chase down the bus with all the all the bikini girls. Wait, <laughs> he runs uh, like Jim you're Carrey. actually going the wrong way. <laughs> you're gonna have to excuse my friend. He's a little slow. Um, but the God, yeah. Anyways. That way. <laughs> Pacheco. Anyways, Pacheco is great. Like I've I've. I feel bad that for dude, like, that dude ever was taught high him. knees on day one of <laughs> yeah. freshman football practice and never looked back. Craig, that's the right, <laughs> that's the right line of thought. What is he like warming up? We need like the way that Steph Curry has all the warm up, the shooting drills. We need to watch Pacheco doing high knees in the pregame. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Pacheco. Uh, yeah, that is actually, we're going to do fantasy rewatchables next week. That's a resolution of mine. I also need to talk about memento tattoos. Mine is ignore. I don't care what people are drafted anymore. If you've done things, yeah. you just pre- pretend everyone who's done stuff was a first rounder and pretend everyone who hasn't done stuff was a fourth rounder. That's going to be one of my tattoos. Jamison Williams, I'm going to pretend he was a fourth rounder. Puka Niku, I'm going to pretend was a first. I mean, yeah, if you look at like just the running backs that finished really highly like this week, it's Kyron Williams, Pacheco, Jerome Ford. You know, there's Khalil Herbert, Devon Achan. Just comes from everywhere. Fantasy production. Yes. Well, speaking of, you mentioned HN, the Ravens game. I know we just were talking about, but the one of the sad ones was Raheem Mostert being a late scratch for the Sunday, uh, the Sunday game between Ravens and Dolphins. So the people at HN, you got to start him. He played really well. It was kind of the straw that stirred the drink for the Dolphins offense. For uh, There was a point where he had, I, I think, 80% of their yards in the first half, something like, like a crazy amount of the Dolphins yardage. Carlos, I'm so sorry. Carlos, our producer here is a Dolphins fan and just sad. I'm sorry. But Mostert, you see all the memes? It was Keenan Allen and Mostert and it was like a Kung Fu Panda and it was the old wise turtle being like, you will have to continue your journey without me. And they're like, whoa, whoa, what? And it was, it was Mostert being like, got you to the chip. I'm sorry, man. I was just thinking all all weekend how much uh, you guys shit all over Devon Achan last week and this was just divine all right, retribution. Well, we thought Mostert was playing. I'm just saying, don't ever talk bad about my son again. That's all I'm he saying. He objectively ruined a lot of people's fantasy playoffs, <laughs> and most people with him weren't in the championship, including myself. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. There's a few. That's, There's that's a few. The I saw a few. I, feel, I saw a few league winners in my leagues with Devon Achan as like the foundation of their championship. So, oh, so I hope saying. and pray that everyone who heard me rant about Achan last week and benching him, like, please contextualize that. Also, oh, do, do we have those numbers yet? Like, like who was on how many rosters that won the championship? Because oh, in my I, big I'll, league, it was it was the McCaffrey team. And I would just love to see how many McCaffrey teams actually won the title. 47% of McCaffrey teams made the championship, which Dude, is just, just wild. That, so all you had to do is pick McCaffrey. And you're yeah. like, yeah. Just you just have to have the first pick guy. in the draft. And you love fantasy. Pick that love guy. It. Yeah, we should get that right next year. Okay. The other guys. Oh, okay. Well, back into a conversation here. But CeeDee Lamb, 13 catches, 227 yards. 122 catches on the season, 1,650 yards for C.D. Lamb on the season. It's the most catches in Cowboys history, most receiving yards in Cowboys history. Uh, second best fantasy performance all year for C.D. I got to ask, I, I feel like we'll get to the Lions game in a second here, but is 
remember like six weeks ago when we were like AJ Brown and Tyree Killer clearly the top two receivers in the NFL. I don't want to forget about AJ Brown because the Eagles' offense is broken, but Ceedee Lamb is now in this conversation. Je- Justin Jefferson's been banged up. Jamar Chase is banged up, so it's weird. But I feel like that has to be the top five right now. In some order, Tyree Kill, AJ Brown, Ceedee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and I don't know, Craig George Pickens sixth. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Look, we'll get to George that. P- yeah, yeah. If George Pickens was on Dallas, he could have this exact same numbers. But I agree with you about Ceedee Lamb. He's like he took the mini leap. He's been in tier two for like three years now, and he's officially in tier one. I think next year in drafts, he's going to be probably a top five, top seven pick in drafts. I would say um, everything is just really stable with like how they use him. I feel like now this year on Dallas, DK, wouldn't you agree that that since Kellen Moore has left, they actually have like funneled their entire offense through Ceedee Lamb more than they ever had before? Yeah. For sure. I, this is what I was going to say. It's like, you could give me all the stats in the world about C.D. Lamb and how impressive he was this year. But like, for me, just watching the games, I think he finally reached that point in his status this year where it's like, I don't know, it's like a vibe thing. It's like, everything is just really easy. Every time He's you inevitable see, every, every time you see a pass throw and it's like, oh, that's C.D. Lamb. He's wide open. Like, th- he's reached the tier of receiver that it's like, oh, this is too easy. You, there's a like the Devontae Adams tier where it's like, how is he open on every single play? I don't understand this. Like, it, it, sh- it should be it should be harder than this. And and unlike George Pickens, Dallas actually throws to C.D. Lamb, <laughs> which is why right. they're a good team. And can I give you, like, context about development? How, like, the, the thing about C.D. Lamb is he's gotten a little bit better every year. You know, C.D. Lamb and Kadarius Tony are, like, the same age. <laughs> equally as good equal yeah, yeah. equally uh, as fast and but we exciting. have to talk about the big news from this game this Cowboys Lions game so if you didn't see I'm, everyone knows but now it was days ago but Cowboys beat the Lions but the Lions come down final play of the game and the Lions score go down they're like screw it we're going for two points the whole debacle unfolds they go for two point conversion they throw to their freaking left tackle Taylor Decker catches it Lions win the game flag, you know, you know, uh, what is illegal touching guy didn't declare. And then it turns out that actually Taylor Decker did declare himself eligible to the ref and the ref just got Taylor Decker confused with the other guy. (laughs) And so he's Taylor Decker 68. And then the other guy coming on was 70 and he was like looking at number 70 and listening to it. And he just got the numbers confused and try not to be hyperbolic. But I think you could argue that this is the worst call ever in my lifetime, just because it's not even like even the Saints Rams one from like five years ago that decided the Super Bowl, the stakes are higher there, but at least it's like bang, bang judgment. Like the game is fast. Literally things happen in the blink of an eye, like human error. You have to accept some of that. This was a procedural error. The rest rushed for no reason. And then DK came out yesterday that Dan Campbell actually handed them a, 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 a drawn diagram of the play on a piece of paper to explain it to the refs, and he still got it wrong. He drew it out. He didn't just tell. He didn't just tell him beforehand. He he explained to them like what they were going to be doing. Uh, and the, the worst part to me is like, look, I feel like you shouldn't even get me started on this because this no, is do the it. perfect. You said on Friday, I wanted example. you to rant. You were going to go to rant, and you said Friday only if there's a trigger. I know. I, I want, need, I I need some sort of trigger. This is like the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Truly, this is so stupid. It, and it was doubly stupid because Dan Campbell explained to him what they were going to do before the game. This wasn't some like really confusing thing in the heat of the moment. He just had he, it was an honest mistake. It's like no, dude. He explained exactly what he was going to do beforehand and they still messed it up like like atrociously egregiously messed it up um and it's like they all the video all the video that's come out of like taylor decker going in and and declaring you can see him go up to the ref the ref looks right at him he's one foot away from him can we can we like stop for a second and just think about this do you do you know how big the numbers (laughs) are on an NFL play, on an NFL offensive lineman, 300-pound man. He's like six foot six, 320 pounds. Do you know how big the numbers are? They're designed so you can see those numbers from the third deck of the stadium. And they're on both sides of the person. These numbers are like four feet tall, probably. Something like that. And he was a foot away. He still couldn't tell what number the guy is. That was came in and said, by the way, number 70, Skipper. The, uh, he came in. He didn't even say anything. And by the way, he was like ten feet away or fifteen feet away when when Decker got to the ref. The other thing that like I think a lot of people are saying, oh, this is like they were 
trying to trick the defense, blah, blah, blah. Yes, that's the idea. They brought in their guy who's normally the sixth offensive lineman. That was Skipper. And that was the guy who actually got called eligible on the play. Because he's normally their sixth offensive lineman. That's like what, how they were trying to trick the defense, basically. He's the guy who would leak. Typically. But by the way, that's why Dan Campbell explained it to the refs before the game. He's like, dude, this is very important. Listen to me. This is very important. It's not a normal deal. And he still fucked it up. I I, like, what do we do? And then, by the way, the worst part about this whole thing, I think the worst part, you know, obviously, I think there's levels of bad. Like, number one, a very important playoff seeding potential game got ruined or whatever. Like that play got ruined by a as Greg Rosenthal put it, a Byzantine procedural error by the refs. Like to be like that, like, what are we doing? This is exactly what I was talking about with the Kadarius Tony thing. It's like, come on, this is football. What this is so ridiculous. The worst part is Brad Allen, the ref, is just straight lying. He he won't admit that he just messed up. He's just straight lying. He said that 70 came in and declared, even though like all evidence against the, is like against like contrary to that like he, he there's no evidence that actually happened and he's just lying he's just like he, he won't admit that he just messed up you know what i mean like i would have felt better if he'd just been like yeah i got confused i'm sorry like i ruined it this is why we don't need refs in football <laughs> get big government just, just out of get my him football out of there. <laughs> I, I was at the point where i'm like i think uh, we should retroactively just give detroit the win like, I know there was 20 <laughs> seconds left, but I'm like, this maybe can we like this could be the first time ever where we just retroactively say, you know what? Dallas lost the game. We're just we're just going to switch the L and the W. Oh, my God. Honestly, it's, it's the closest you could ever come to it because yeah. it, it, it's such a it's not a judgment call. It's like a, a, it's literally we were just talking to Nate Tyson this a couple of weeks ago about how the refs are worse at the procedural things you never think about more than ever. But the you know what, DK, you're right about two things. Also, one, if you're confused, it's like what happens is if you bring a sixth offensive lineman on to block, technically that person's eligible as a receiver. They have to go to the ref and announce that they're an eligible receiver. And it is an old, weird rule. And so the Lions brought that number 70 guy again, and they're trying to, yeah, lull the defense into like not paying attention. But the ref, as Nate actually said, he was on autopilot. And so they had four times earlier brought the guy on. And this time, like, actually, Taylor Decker is going to be the guy who's eligible. They were trying, that's hence the hand, but the ref, it was kind of like, if you ever been at a red light and then the green goes and you start, and you're like, Oh shit, that's a green arrow, not a green light. You know what I mean? You're on autopilot. Or, or, just, I saw a green and I went all the time. Or it's like the, the left, the turn lane turns green and yes. you're in this regular lane and you start to go for a second. You're like, Oh wait, that's what happened to the ref. And in a way I'm as bad as it is. I understand what happened, but I will say to your point, DK, the smugness. Do you guys remember actually to Detroit again? Do you remember like 15 years ago, Armando Galarraga, this pitcher for the Tigers threw a perfect game. And on the yes. last call of the game, the last play of the, of the, the bang, game. The bang, bang play at first. Yes, at first base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he covered it and he got it wrong. And then guess what? After the game, the ref, the ump, Jim, I remember his name, Jim Joyce was sobbing. I've never yeah. seen a guy like with a Fu Manchu <laughs> look like a biker gang guy sobbing. Like, I cost that kid a chance at history and I'll live with that for the end of my days. <laughs> like if Brad Allen had come out and just freaking sobbed as a grown man and been like, I'm sorry, Detroit. I'd be like, all right, thanks for owning that. But instead, DK, you're right. Like, it's just being like, I don't know, man, that's not what happened. And like. Everyone else just, who contradicts oh him gets fined thousands of dollars for contradicting and then, him. And then after all that, Dan Campbell decides not to kick the extra point and go for it from like the eight yard line. <laughs> that was that was so relatable because I'm like this. It's like tilting. Like, it's like you're it's playing like, a video game. Yes, it was just like oh, I'm gonna get it anyway. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> like going. You know, it was literally a tin cup. Oh yeah, the yeah, movie when he cup. just. He's just like, he refuses to like take the easier method. Or I forget the exact thing that happens, but basically he's in a tournament and Kevin, uh, no Kevin Costa, up. right? Yep. And the, he like hits a ball in the water on a par three and 18 to like win the tournament. So he like can't win anymore. He's like, screw it. And he, he hits in the water and he hits like nine times <laughs> in the water. And then he gets a hole in one of the last one of the 10th, but he gets like a 30 on the hole. And he goes from maybe winning to like last place. But then he gets the hole. It was like Dan Campbell. Like, I don't care. We're doing it again. It's like, anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Lions fans. Uh, also, there are real world implications. Also, the crazy thing is 
The Eagles lost to the Cardinals. So this is actually going to give the Cowboys the NFC East probably, which is insane because this game wasn't supposed to move too much. Now the Lions would have had a shot at the ones. They probably wouldn't have, but the Lions could have moved up and down. And now it's like the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East out of those because the Eagles decided to give Matt Patricia the defensive coordinator a job in a panic. And Matt Patricia, I think, is quite literally the worst coach in the entire league by a lot. (laughs) We need to get Matt Patricia and Matt Canada on a team together. Dude, the Mats, brutal Ooh. year for the Mats. The Patricia, imagine? the Eagles, Solak and Shilkapati were like having a meltdown for the our ringer colleagues. But Solak had the, so the success rate, which is basically just how much you move the chains. Like how often on a, when you get a first down, can you get another first down? Worst, d- defensively, the Eagles allowed the most the chains to move. Uh, it was at the highest rate in 17 years. <laughs> Jesus tonight, for the Dave. Eagles again, yes, and that does not account for the individual team. So the that this is against the Arizona Cardinals, who were until this week in contention for the second pick in the draft. I, I said it on Friday or Wednesday. I can't remember who I was talking to. It was one of you two? Um, truly, like I said, uh, this was before the game. The vibes in Arizona are better than the vibes in Philly right now. You this did. is a team that had three <laughs> wins coming into the game. And when you watch that team, they play hard. They're like mostly together. They're in it together. You know what I mean? Like they like the coaches in Arizona have that team like playing hard, competing. They're not a very good team. They're like always at a talent deficit against whoever they play. But like at least they're trying hard and like they they're like playing together. You know what I mean? Like the vibes are pretty good, I would say. And Arizona is, or sorry, and, and Philly is just straight like tilting. They are losing their minds right now. Like nothing is going right. They have no confidence. They're getting, they're yelling at each other, barking at each other. It seems like Sirianni is like losing the locker room. There's all this stuff happening. It's just, it's ugly right now. It's a very delayed Super Bowl uh, hangover. It's a classic Super Bowl team coming apart. It's like, like so, yeah, as soon as the, you know, as soon as the bad stuff starts happening, like that is when it all comes out. Yeah, it's like the Chiefs, you know, or, you know, Taylor Swift's still dating Kelsey and they're there on Mahomes, uh, New Year's Eve and Mahomes looks like pretty drunk or whatever, but like they won the Super Bowl, so they have something to hang on to. But the Eagles, you come so close to winning the Super Bowl and you don't that like the second real adversity hits, everyone starts kind of clawing at each other. And like even the offense, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, even when they're putting up 30 points and wins, we're like, I have nothing positive to say. But the like, but then the Cardinals come and score four touchdowns in the second half on four drives. And then uh, James Conner has one of his best days of his season for the card. He's a league winner. Kyler Murray, if you played him, was incredible. And the Eagles defense was just disgusting. I, they, so the Eagles, they it, sometimes this happens earlier, but they look like a team that. As much as I can remember, like you can put a fork in them, like it's hard to imagine <laughs> them beating anyone in the right. playoffs at this point. So brutal. They have lost one, two, three, four out of the last five games. Lost to the Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. They beat the Giants barely. Ba- dude, that lost. barely. Yeah. Barely they got the Giants the next Giants. week. Hyphus, you think the Giants are going to beat them next week? That would be rough for you they guys. They could. I, they yeah. almost beat them. They should have beat them last. They should have had the chance to, to cat score the game winning touchdown. Uh, and like it, they lost by eight and they should have had the eight. So we'll see. But the, the Eagles also are kind of a good transition here to the all fantasy. This, the heroes before, these are the zeros. I mean, starting with DeAndre Swift, who literally is where's zero. But like, if you look at these teams, like AJ Brown was so disappointing for you down the stretch after he had that weird thing of 125 yards, six games in a row early this season. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, De- every Eagle that isn't Jalen Hurts was so disappointing. I guess Dallas Goddard was solid. Yeah, but n- most people probably weren't starting him. Yeah, I guess. But this is the downside of earlier, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about what it would be like if he just drafted all Lions. And if you just drafted all Eagles, this is the downside of stacking, right? Is that right. Uh, you really need to be confident that this team is going to hold strong throughout the entire year. Uh, and the Eagles, I would have been probably more confident than any team in the league heading into the season. And look what happened. Yeah, it's absolutely brutal. I mean, the Eagles collapsed. And then honestly, I mean, I just mentioned them, but honestly, the other team that was just brutal did the Chiefs. I'm so I called Mahomes and Kelsey Apple stock to begin the year. And I think it was more like Tesla stock or something. I don't know. It was really brutal. Uh, Mahomes, Kelsey had, did he even have seven points this week? Mahomes, oh my, Kelsey ended up Kelsey with- Kelsey had two catches. Three catches for 16 yards. Dude, during the fantasy playoffs, tra- Travis Kelsey is the tight end 27. I, I well, I, I saw you, I, I we got to do three tight ends and a lie, or two tight ends and a lie on Kelsey in the fantasy playoffs. There are two, two of these tight ends beat Travis Kelsey 
in uh, the fantasy playoffs, and the third one did not. Johnny Munt. <laughs> he scored in week 17. Michael Chandler. I've literally Lucas never Kroll. heard of. I've never heard of Michael Chandler. Is that a real person? <laughs> Johnny Munt, Michael Chandler, Lucas Kroll. I could. I would not be able to guess what team Michael Chandler is on. Michael Chandler. Don't Google him. Well, don't, don't you Google him? I'm guessing Michael Chandler because I think he's not a real person. He is. Pl- he's the guy who's going to fight Conor McGregor this year. <laughs> <laughs> Conor oh McGregor is going to fight. It's like I knew it. I've never heard of that. <laughs> but player. yeah, Lucas Kroll. Who I mean, Lucas Kroll is zero percent rostered. And he has bit leaks. Is that the Broncos guy? Yeah, he's a random. Denver and he Bronco. outscored Kelsey over the last three weeks. Oh yes. my god! Yes. Uh, which again, Travis Kelsey basically has blocking tight end numbers uh, over the last three weeks. And Wild. then Kelsey was brutal. Mahomes was fine. So like that was just a devastating combo. The other person, only person as bad as Kelsey, Stephon Diggs. Man, Stephon Diggs what absolute happened? failure. You know what's crazy? We talk, Craig, on Friday, we talked about how you cannot possibly bench Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs. You cannot at all. Maybe you should, but you can't. And the reason you can't is because Devontae Adams was so incredible this week. Devontae Adams had like 37 points. But then Diggs, man, if you play Diggs, my, my argument was if you play Diggs and he sucks and you lose because of it, you'll hate him. But if you bench Diggs and you lose because of that, you'll hate yourself. So people are going to hate Diggs because... During the fantasy playoffs, Stephon Diggs was the 65th best wide receiver in the NFL. It's wild. Which, to be clear, there are 32 teams, which means there are 64 top two receivers, which means that Stephon Diggs was not one of the best two receivers in fantasy football, like of the 32 teams. So I, I have nine truths to the line, Stephon Diggs, which are find the one player who did not outscore Diggs. Julio Jones, for the last three weeks, Julio Jones, Quentin Johnston, Drake London, Devontae Parker, Trey Palmer, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Brandon Johnson, Trey Tucker, Alex Erickson, and Amir Smith-Marset. Nine of those players outscored. Oh, my God. Um, Trey Tucker. I'm going to go back to uh, Quentin Johnston. No, Quentin Johnson did. It was Drake London. Was the- <laughs> oh, God damn it. God, fucking Arthur Smith. Drake ah. London was the guy. But all these other guys, Julio Jones outscored it was the top Stephon- ten. It was the guy who was a top 10 pick in the draft. That guy's yes. the guy who didn't outscore Stephon Diggs. Oh, my God. Now I'm mad about two players. This is the last three weeks, too. I mean, how insane is that? But yeah, Diggs, it's... it's uh, Meanwhile, uh, Buffalo 4-0 over that stretch. You know what's funny about Diggs <laughs> is when you go look at his numbers this year, they almost exclusively lose when he has good games. Like all the games where <laughs> Stefan Diggs scores touchdowns, they lose, and all of his worst games, they win. Ewing theory? <laughs> this is, yeah, it's like in basketball when the guy shoots 65 shots and scores whatever, you know, 56 points and they lose. Well, because it's the all time like test of like, can you be a good teammate? Like, can you actually be happy for your team winning when you have a bad game? And it sounds like Diggs is not that type of guy because he's like repeatedly pissed off when he doesn't get enough targets, despite the fact that he was like top five in the league in targets this year. But he's like the last guy who I would feel that if they actually lost the or if they won the game and he had two catches, that he'd actually be okay with that. He's like the least team player wide receiver in the league. And honestly, a lot of wide receivers kind of seem that way. I don't know a lot of guys who are like, I had one no, catch yeah. for eight yards, but we won. Like, that's okay with me. Russell um, Westbrook. Well, it's yeah. it's like the it's like the quarterback thing that, that Mina Kimes mentioned. It's like you either believe in God or you are God. If you're a quarterback, Like that's the thing you have to have. Like, I feel like a lot of receivers either have to have blind, irrational confidence um, or they are just straight up crazy. Like you have to really want the ball. You can't really, I, there's like the whole diva thing. Like people talk about DK Metcalf being a diva. I'm like, what great receivers are not divas? Well, it's like, look, if you're a movie star, you want a starting role. Like you want to be in front of the camera. Right. And so it's hard to just shove them in like as fifth billing in a movie, even though they're Brad Pitt and tell them to be okay with it. And it, it's weird because <laughs> it's such a weird position because like, they're really only relevant like six times a game, like six times over the course of three hours, they like do something that makes them feel good. So I feel like there's just like a lot of like pent up aggression and like, you're honestly just like blue balling stuff on digs. It's like, even though they win, he's been blue balled the whole game. So I, I do, I, I get it to a degree. It's not like a running back or a quarterback where you're, you're touching the ball in your almost every play. Yeah. I mean, you run 70 routes in a game or maybe 70 snaps, you run 50 routes and then like you're open four times. And if one of those times, 
it's a tip pass. And the other time the quarterback doesn't see you, like, how could you not explode? This is the George Pickens thing. 100%. I mean, look, we think it's frustrating in baseball. It's like you you only get a, you know, a hit 25, 30% of the time. In football, if you're a wide receiver, I have, it's like you said, what, you, six catches and 70 routes? Having said that, can't we be mad too? We're mad at Stephon Diggs too. I'm just saying. I mean, dude, Amir <laughs> Smith-Marset, you would have been better off with little Jordan Humphrey. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Oh, I just hate hearing know. that kind of thing. Yeah. He, little Jordan Humphrey had a great run this week. He, quite, quite a nice catch and run. <laughs> Other people who are you know, kind of dead to us. DeAndre Swift, Derrick Henry was just, I mean, not a top 30 running back over the last few weeks in the fantasy playoffs. Not a top 30 running back for Derrick Henry. Uh, Chris Olave, um, I think he got banged up, but the Chris Olave did nothing for the Saints. And that's kind of like the Saints just kind of got a lead in the box and didn't really have to throw. And that was bizarre. Meanwhile, then Baker Mayfield had like no points through 50 minutes and then had like <laughs> 20 in the final nine minutes of this game, which was just insane. Uh, I want to mention George Kittle failing to show up in, in, at a very conspicuous moment. Um, George Kittle, I believe, is the uh, tight end four on the season. So obviously a great year, did some incredible things. I still, to this day, every time I plug him into a lineup, it I, it makes me very nervous. Like, do you guys have players like that? Or like, despite being top five, top 10 players in fantasy, like I still hesitate to plug this guy into my lineup. I'm like, I just don't trust him. I don't trust well, the, the 49ers offense. Yeah. It feels like Kittle is like, for, for being such a good tight end in fantasy, like he's one of those guys where when you check his averages at the end of the season, it looks like he puts up 12 a game, but in reality, he only puts up like 20 or four. He had double digit points in two of the last six games. It's, he's like the I, Mike I'm, Williams I'm gonna of tight ends, to draft kind him. of. Totally. It's like, and DeAndre Swift feels like that to running back. You know what? Do you remember Giannis early in his career? I think someone said this, maybe Kevin Garnett. Someone said that people liked when Giannis made the first three in a basketball game because that meant that Giannis would keep taking threes and that was like not the way to win. And it's almost like I like for DeAndre Swift, I remember he had a couple games with like 160 rushing yards. And I was like, I kept thinking about that. I was like, I have to play this guy. Guess what? Didn't do that again. And he sucked. And I was like, I almost would have wished he did have those two games because it kept being the illusion like, oh, I'm going to make this three pointer. And Kittle does have that element of whack-a-mole where he's so good you have to play him, especially at tight end. But yeah, Kittle does ghost you. But then again, Kelsey was ghosting you too. So what are you going to do? Variance. Embrace variance. Embrace nihilism. That's all. The uh, Speaking of which, yeah, Jawan Johnson was incredible. <laughs> when you gave him out on Friday as a waiver. Jawan Johnson, Jawan Johnson is like good. I contend that he's good. I, it's, uh, this is one of those players that I think it's like a little bit weird how teams utilize their personnel. You know, we always talk about like coaches not seeing the the value or talent in their players, but the the Saints offense has kind of leaned on him over the last couple of weeks and he's really been incredible. He's like made some really nice plays. So I'll be very interested to see. I'll be in interested to weeks. see if like this means a bigger role going forward or if it's just like a flash in the pan. Like all of a sudden the Saints just decided Taysom Hill is not part of their offense anymore. Like I just don't know what they're doing. My brother-in-law was in the championship and I was hanging out with him this weekend and he asked me for which tight end to start and he had Pat Fryermuth and Kate Otten and I went into the waiver wire and told him to start Juwan Johnson and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of, nice. I'm kind of, I am him now to my brother-in-law after that decision. <laughs> I literally like won, he won by like 15. Yeah. So if he didn't start Juwan Johnson, he would have lost. That's incredible. The, oh, the other, there's two other things we have to talk about. The David Tepper tantrum. Shout out oh to Luke. You know I love that name for it too. Tepper the Tepper tantrum. Uh, the, him, the Panthers owner, David Tepper, when Bryce Young threw a pick uh, during the, the Panthers game this weekend, I think it basically sealed that the Panthers are going to have the first pick delivered to the Bears and just, you know, a wonderful cap to the Panthers trading up for number one to not take CJ Stroud, et cetera, et cetera. David Tepper threw his drink at a fan. <laughs> and uh, which... Did it hit a fan? Like, did he just throw it and it happened to hit a fan or he threw it at somebody? I can't tell. I don't know. The video is unclear, but it, I, I couldn't tell if they were already arguing and then Tepper threw it or if he threw it in <laughs> anger and then it happened uh, to hit a fan. The guy turned around. But one, so many red flags in the video. Low key. I actually think the biggest red flag, if you watch the video, is that the GM, the guy standing next to David Tepper is the general manager, Scott Fitterer of the Panthers. The biggest red flag is that he doesn't move an inch. Like he does not in any way register this as weird or bizarre or something like it's like the he's locked uh, in. It's like, the, you know, they can't see you if you don't move. You know what I mean? Their vision's based <laughs> on movement. 
It's like when your dad comes home really mad from work and you're like eight years old and you're just like, don't move. Maybe he won't see me. It's like a, it's like a velociraptor. It's just like, yeah. as long as you don't move. Right, right. That which, so also, did you see all the things there? We didn't talk about this enough. David Tepper gave these crazy quotes to it. But what, it came out that like, he, I think he was at Goldman Sachs and he didn't get promoted to partner. And so he bought the John Corzine, who actually ended up being the governor of New Jersey at one point, but the he bought his former boss's home on the Hamptons, on the beach, which is the most expensive home in the Hamptons. And he bought it just to, from his the guy's ex-wife just to knock it down because the, his old boss didn't give him the promotion. And then he also gave this quote that sometimes when he's at a restaurant and the waiter's rude to him or what he pursues, perceives as the waiter being rude to him, that he's, David Tepper thinks about, well, I could just buy this restaurant and fire that guy, which is like a super healthy thing to think about. So that's the guy who's throwing this drink. What's up? Rich people hate waiters, man. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't know why, but they hate waiters. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they have to, you know, talk to them. And I guess it's like the only time in their lives where like something might not be perfect. Like the waiter brings <laughs> out, if, it, if it's not exactly how they want for some reason, like the waiter is the only person standing in front of them at that moment. It's like Lucille Bluth. She's never once looked, made eye contact with a waiter. So she <laughs> didn't notice it was her son. <laughs> Oh, you know God. what? It's the only time you interact with someone at that low level that you don't like, they don't work for you. Totally. That's a good one. <laughs> That's such a good fault. You didn't notice. Was it Joe? So I just continued to serve her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one we have to talk about here. I know this was like almost a week ago. I don't care. The Joe Flacco Browns. Flacco is, is on one, man. The, the Browns. He's on a heater. Coming out, all these insane stats for the game. The Browns Jets, I think it was the most points in the first half in like four years, which is insane. The Browns ended up winning. The Browns are like the only AFC team that lost its quarterback for the season and kind of got better. There's so many elements of this that are wild. Uh, again, Joe Flacco, who is 38. Joe Flacco's like Aaron Rodgers' age. And he's just like out here. having. I think it's 300 yards in a game. He's falling asleep on the sideline. Did you see this video of him sort of like nodding off? (laughs) He's just like on the sidewalk. This is like how I feel at all times. Uh, He's a father of five. He's just tired at this age. He's got gray in his beard. He's going to be 39 in two weeks. When you get an opportunity for some shut eye, I mean, you take it. Even if it's just little mini naps. Joe Flacco has been married for 13 years. He has five kids. Oh, I can't even imagine that. Peter King pointed this out that Joe Flacco has essentially the exact same amount of touchdowns and interceptions as Deshaun Watson does in like one third of the games as a Brown, which is ridiculous. Uh, he's being made, He was originally signed for $100,000 for the rest of the season. And I think they kept giving another 50 grand when he wins. Did he, he had more 300 yard games in a row than he ever had in his career. Yes. Like he's never done this before. And so I say this, I, the other part of world. this that's ridiculous is it has opened up what I, I will somewhat confidently say is the single most awkward awards debate of all time. Yeah. Maybe not just in sports, but released in sports, which is... I had this exact conversation this weekend, Ivitz. Comeback player of the year, which let's be real, <laughs> most people do not care about. No one has thoughts. No one has opinions. It's never on first take. No one has arguments with thoughts and comeback and player of the year. It's you give it Alex Smith. Oh, you broke your leg. It came back. Yeah, it's job. like a great like, story. Yeah. Andrew Luck, hurt your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And now we have to actually talk about who deserves comeback player of the year. Joe Flacco, who we thought was retired out of the league, coming back, resurgence, or Tamar Hamlin, who died last year. Literally and then now he's returned to the field, football. and now he's back. Remember that guy we watched die on television and I was playing, but not that much? Who gets to, and I'm like, this is the weirdest, or, this is the weirdest conversation I think I've ever had to have. Yeah. It's like, people who are like, really are like, man, it's so PC for Tamar Hamlin to win. I'm like, I don't know, man, he kind of died. That's like a comeback. If you have an opinion on this, like, you're a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you have a strong <laughs> opinion on this. <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion, but is it bad that I'm kind of like, we should probably give it to Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Hamlin doesn't play. He doesn't play. He's got like, two tackles thing. this year. Don't, yeah, that's the thing. Hamlin had two tackles. And I'm kind well, of give like. Give him a different award. Give him like the lifetime achievement. Give Honor him in some other way. But I don't well, think he, he actually <laughs> reflects what this, this, this whole award is supposed to be like. Guy who came back and played football. Well, that's the, the, the award. First, the comeback player of the year is weird because you know what's so I'm funny? I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> We can't be having this discussion. I'm going to shut this down. We can't be debating this. I know. I'm not, I'm, we can honor him tackles. in many ways, but with this specific <laughs> award, it should probably be the guy who's like actually no, playing I football. Know. That's all. And the Dwight Hamlin thing, it did become, a, obviously it's fantastic that he, he 
never mind, just came back, but he like survived and everything. It's amazing. But like they did at some point kind of delve into like the cringe of like everyone kind of the NFL obviously kind of used it as rightfully, but also a little much as an opportunity to shower it on first responders and everything. And they did a lot good. But then also like his his uniforms retired on the ambulance at the Bills, which is kind of a wild place yeah, to have your uniform retired. Like thing. the ambulance at they carry other players off the field at Bills games and shut the doors and it's the DeMar Hamlin three on both doors. And I'm like, I, I just feel weird about that. And so giving him comeback player of the year is also a little bit, they're going to trot him up on the award stage. I'm like, Hey, remember when you died last July? That's also weird. The whole yeah. thing is just bizarre. And I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've never felt so flat footed about a conversation in my entire <laughs> life. And I feel so unprepared to discuss well, this. That's my point is like, like, we don't, we can choose just to not talk about this. I, we can I choose like just not to debate it. it. We, can, like, we don't have to do anything. We don't have I, to debate this. I'm not even We can just say it. whoever wins it, can, we could be like, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> like, Noted. That's that. Okay. Cool. That's fine. Yep. Also, moving on. You know what I was thinking too? I feel like the, I, I, I was kind of like, oh, maybe Flacco should. You know, it's like the guy, the the meme who he's like, no, well, we don't have to have both. We we can have both things. You know, like the I'm not going to engage in this argument meme from the guy that was getting interviewed on the streets. He was just like, no, we don't have to choose. We don't have to have this debate. This is a false equivalence or whatever. We can just do that. Do you, are you, you guys are looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? A man on the street interview? OK, you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't the, know. The ghosts know what I'm talking about. So whatever. It's it's. Fine. We can move on from this analogy as well. I like as how of, uncomfortable it makes DK though. Craig, give us your December take. 30th. Well, you guys are Joe just Flacco. looking at me like I'm insane. So well, I didn't know what reference you were making. As of December 30th, Joe Flacco is plus 130 and DeMar Hamlin is minus 165. So it's getting tight. Dude, that was like minus 10,000 before the season. Tight. It was literally unbettable for another person to be. Producer Carlos just texted. He knows the reference. So I'm hoping people know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying I, it's it, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it is the point we can we can move on i'm trying i've been trying to move us on from this conversation for five minutes it makes me want to stay i want to hear craig's part <laughs> we don't have to debate whether demar hamlin is the comeback player of the year like we don't I'm, have I'm to willing do this. To, i'm willing to do that we're not disrespecting him in any way we're, ju we're just trying to figure out what this rule is supposed to reflect and it's usually in my opinion people who are playing the game he's not playing it's amazing that he survived it was like the most incredible story ever but he's not comeback player of the year because he's not. He's, on he's special barely teams, a player, isn't he? He's got two tackles. <laughs> he's played I'm, in I'm five saying, games. Honor him in a, a different way. So, the, okay. <laughs> Joe Flacco literally came back and played really well. That is what the award is. Geno Smith. I mean, he, won it last he year. figuratively came back from the dead. So, you know, <laughs> that's right. So he deserves the award more. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picturing, like, I know they don't do this, but the Oscars, you know, like they, they show all the people and then the winner gets up and thanks the other nominees. And I'm just picturing like Flacco getting up and accepting the award and be like, thanks. To Looking at DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is absurd. And like explaining to someone who's wondering what's going on. But yeah, well, Joe Flacco, you know, he thought he was out of it, going to retire and he came back, played really well for Cleveland. And DeMar Hamlin, he died on television. DeMar Hamlin was, was in the in memoriam for nine minutes and then they <laughs> and then they pulled him from that and now he's back. I just this is really weird, man. I don't know. Right, DK's so uncomfortable. So I don't know why. Why? Everything's all right. <laughs> DeMar Hamlin is healthy and, we all saw and it. it's, uh, the story ended happy. We're okay. It, did, it didn't end absurd. happy enough, Craig. He needs to win Comeback Player of the Year. It's no, I mean, that's really... <laughs> you get matters to him? That's what he's banking on? That's the other thing I've got to like. DeMar Hamlin gives a shit about this award. Like, can you imagine DeMar Hamlin being mad he didn't win this? Like, I, that's... I'm kind of like, I don't think he cares. Why should we care? All right. I'm trying to decide if he would care now. Well, I would just ask him. I bet he's talked about it. Just Google it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway. Uh couple of emails. Uh, I just, we shout out uh, Craig on the Friday show. DK was talking mm -hmm. about crescendo songs. Turn out DK had a whole crescendo playlist of like. Do you know what a crescendo is? Like, can you picture it? Yeah. 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 I think we got, I lost track of the amount of emails we got. I asked people to, so I solicited crescendo songs. Cannot tell you how many. Emails. I can't even go through them all right now. People we'll love a good crescendo, apparently. Yeah. But keep emailing us your crescendo songs, please. At regular I'll fantasy maybe, football I'll make, at a, I'll make a 
playlist based on all the suggestions. How about that? I think we're going to have to make a playlist yeah. and we will thank you to everyone emailed them and we'll put them all in. But like, it's pretty incredible. Uh, and a lot of people said in multiple songs, I will throw in my, my one goodbye to the world by Porter Robinson. Incredible. But so much, uh, I, I, I can't, I think we have a hundred something songs. I can't That's list them all, but rad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll make a, we'll make a playlist. TJ, what is your favorite crescendo song? Uh, that's a good question. I think off the top of my head is like a, I don't actually remember the name of the song. It's an M83 song. Um, and it's just like slow buildup. And obviously that's a crescendo. And, but anyways, I'll try and remember. Hold on. Pull it up while you guys Yeah, them talking. slow build songs. Would you consider most like EDM songs crescendo songs? Oh, uh, like when you're like, and the beat drops. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. I think like kind of. That's not really what I was going for, but I suppose technically, yeah. Okay. Just like what is what's the is it the SNL skit like when the beat drops and all their heads start exploding? Yes. There's a song <laughs> called Opus by Eric Prides. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And if you ever want to run 28 miles an hour, put that song on. 28. The, it takes three minutes and f I think 42 seconds for the song to drop. But when it does, by then you feel like you're at the end of Remember the Titans and you could run through a wall. That you're Isaiah Pacheco at the end yeah. of the song. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just has AirPods in. He's listening to Eric Prides. <laughs> the song I was trying to think of was Solitude by M83. But there's like a lot. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, someone else brought up uh, Only in Dreams by Weezer. Great crescendo song. Oh, we um, got just a couple ones. Modern Girl, Dry the Rain. Uh, and then we got a lot of Radiohead. They're there by Radiohead. Was a, an it's like their music. thing, apparently. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Radiohead. It probably was the largest. But emails for your fancy football gmail.com. What about um is foreplay long time by Boston a crescendo song? I don't know. know that that I don't know. You know that song by Boston? I mean, I'm sure I'd recognize it. I can't think of it. Boston's like a peak band for me that I think I know a lot of their music, but like the names of the songs are just ugh, no idea. I think a lot of 80s songs, was it 80s or 90s or whatever it was? Um, I think 80s. 80s. A lot of those songs back in the day, they were like you'd have like a three minute like intro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't adhere to like normal pop music. Wait, sort the of 70s, standards. By the this way, was a trivia 70s, question. Okay. You know what? The, I feel like one of the most famous slow, uh, sllow build songs is, Oh, I'm forgetting it now in the air tonight, by Phil Collins. Oh, right. That's yeah, a perfect right. example. So, so that's a crescendo song. Okay. I think, so. I think so. Well, it's funny. <laughs> it, uh, music and movies are, are doing the opposite. It, in, in the seventies and eighties, songs were long and movies were short. And now movies are long and songs are short. By the way, Craig is wearing a make movies shorter hat currently. Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight. When Harry met Sally, 95 minutes. Really? In and out. Yep. But is it, well, about you know that. what? I'm going to think. We'll come back. You to can this. move on with your day. Think about how jam-packed that movie is. And it kind of feels like a long movie too because it spans yeah, like several of, decades. There's a lot of growth. There's, there's B plots and C plots. There's side characters who develop. But is that at some level an insecurity about television being so uh, ubiquitous now that if you, why should I pay $17 to watch a 90 minute movie when like there are plenty of TV shows that are like 70 minutes? I don't know. I think it's a product of streaming. I think it's a product of like uh, uh, director bidding wars. Uh, I don't know. I think superhero movies have contributed to it. It's a lot of stuff. All right. Make movies shorter. Make movies shorter. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, everyone behind the scenes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you won your championship, thank you. We have also, I meant to say this earlier, but there's also a lot of, um, we can post this on Twitter, but there's a, a lot of um, athletes that they have charities. If you want to thank, like, I don't know, Isaiah Pacheco or whoever, you know, running like he bites people, any players you have that, you feel like when your league, there's a whole list of players with preferred charities that you can donate to. And I would gently recommend larger scale charities than necessarily a player specific one. Cause those are generally more efficient with their money, but we can post the list. And if you have any players, you like Lamar Jackson, like all these guys have charities they're associated with. And if you want to donate any portion of your winnings, you can throw that toward them. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Thank you to all the players who won your Happy leagues. new year. Happy new year. And thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, it means a lot to us that you guys listen. It's been fantastic. And uh, hopefully you guys stick with us more. We got the NFL Draft Show. And if you guys haven't stuck with us before, like I promise you, like it's it's somehow weirder and more unhedged. And it, I think we're the best draft show in the game. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And of course, thank you, Lord. Lord. 
Uh, thank you, Filter. Another great crescendo song. Hey man, nice shot. We talked about it on the last show, but it's just like Craig. That's another one where if you want to listen to this song when you're running, by the end of the song, you're going like twice as fast as you think you can. I love songs that's like why that. I say, "Hey man, nice shot." It's great. Do. That's why I don't. I don't listen it, to. Opus. You start running. You're running like Pacheco. You're running like uh, the, the Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. Should that be the name song. of the playlist? You running like Pacheco. <laughs> Pacheco running like, running like Pacheco. Pacheco. <laughs> I want to see Pacheco run up some stairs. <laughs> Dude, we should get him. We need the Chiefs to not make the Super Bowl so we can get Pacheco at the Pro Bowl doing like random stuff like dodgeball. I just want to see that guy do stuff. In the old days, they would have made us. A sports center commercial with him, like this is how he does everything, just like <laughs> running hard to the water cooler. Those sports center commercials are the best <laughs> YouTube wormhole to go down, and just like the super yeah. cut of all the sports center commercials. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> the one of Ladanian Tomlinson is in the mailroom, but the visor he can't read the mails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the one of Scott Van Pelt, and he's sitting in LeBron James's like like throne chair. And LeBron's like, hey, Scott, did you by chance switch chairs with me? And Scott's like, no. That's weird, Loki, the best one is like the Oregon duck just sitting at his computer typing and looking out the looking window. Looking out the, the window. Ducks on the pond, <laughs> and he just sighs. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Emails at Real Fantasy Football at Gmail, your favorite. This is Sports Center commercials. Or I like the one of the the, the New Jersey devil in the elevator. And he, opens <laughs> up and he goes, going up? And he just shakes his head, no. no. <laughs> Also, the Ovechkin, <laughs> Russian spy. Like oh, I don't, comes know. Down I don't from remember the that ceiling. one. Oh, all the, all the, the ghosts are probably ye- yelling about Terry Tate, office linebacker, too. Oh, oh Terry Tate. Terry that, Tate. I mean, that Just was such a big deal for me. Wrecking people. Terry Tate. <laughs> Dude, do you think we can get Terry you Tate? You kill the, the Joe, you make some money. <laughs> you know this is baby? actually, that's actually, is this like, was that a, Yes, being commercial, or was that just no, a random other commercial? It was like Office Depot or something. Okay, so it was like an and there was like an extended cut of it. There's like it's it for like Reebok. Five minutes it's, of it, it feels like. If you have do not know what we're talking about, a literal 10 out of 10 recommendation is to Terry YouTube. Tate office Terry, linebacker. Terry Tate Office Linebacker. Uh which I'm now realizing is OLB. Ha. I didn't oh, realize. Yeah. But there you go. we should get Terry Tate on the, on the show. Sure. Do you think Ooh, he's like cool. cameo? I don't know. I literally have never wondered that. So Uh, maybe. All right. Well, whatever. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4777 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.